We're all like the kid in class, like, hey, no one wants to go first. <laughs> Who assigned this? What that one I thought of that one time when I was thinking about it. You had the most to say about it. <laughs> Did I? Yes. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? You literally had the most to say. Frantically searching for a pen. Don't lose the thought, Julie. Don't lose the thought. Ooh, Steve, I hope you have three. Otherwise, that'd be real embarrassing. I might have more than three. Give me <laughs> oh, a second. Fuck, hold on. Welcome to the Write Around Podcast. A chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by two co-hosts, Cade and Julie. Cade, what are we talking about today? I think we got a little bit of a weirder episode today. It's it's about themes, which is kind of a topic that, as we were discussing leading into this episode, that might be a little more challenging for each of us to discuss because it's not something that's as in your face. It's not the direct story. It's not the characters. It's really just that kind of background message that we're trying to talk about, if that's something we even want to discuss at all. So without giving too much away, I guess, Julie, lead us. What do I say here? <laughs> okay. So uh, the first question we have for today is what does the theme of the story mean to you and what is the importance of it? So how important do you feel that it is to a story? Um, I have some thoughts on this, so I guess I'll uh, start us off on this first question. Kind of similar to what Cade was just saying in his intro, it's definitely kind of the message or what you want to convey in the story. It's almost also the unspoken thing. So kind of like the things that your world or the situation that you developed for your characters is kind of implying. So it's not always like, you know, so in your face. It's very kind of the muted background points. And as far as, and it's tied in to everything else. I feel like the theme is very related to the character development, related to the world building. I think all of it's very connected. As far as how important it is, in my opinion, in a story. I think that it's just another layer. So I think, you know, when we were talking about the conflict episode, I had talked about different layers to the conflict and having multiple things going on and how that, you know, kind of hooks the reader in more and is more interesting to read about. So I think the theme is kind of like that. Like, it's just kind of another layer, whether it's on top at the moment or if it's kind of underlying that something else for the reader to just kind of think about and grasp onto as they're reading it to engage them more. So I do think it's important, although maybe not always as noticeable. It's kind of like when you ever see, like watch a show or something and you have those like, you know, internet sleuths that are like picking up on the tiny details. I feel like it's kind of like that, like certain things you kind of got to pick up on a little bit more. But yeah, I think it's important. I think it adds to the story to have a good theme in there. I kind of like that a lot. And that just got me thinking of how almost when I was writing the, the game story, whenever I was thinking about themes and probably my biggest theme in that would be the theme of like loss. And I think I tried to do a lot of it almost in the background. And I would almost think of themes as this way of like almost like an Easter egg, like something that is not as in your face, but maybe like a second time reading through is like something that you kind of like pick up on more and that's hard to do like it's it's a it's this subtle message that you're trying to kind of like weave in to the story yeah, and for sure. yeah it's it's not as yeah it's just it's really just not as in your face so loss is definitely you see it in the story so if i'm talking about the game like there's multiple parts in the story and kind of right away you're seeing like i think at first it's just kind of like a loss of like 
I don't know. I'll say like dignity, but Julie, I know you helped me write this one. And Steve, I don't think you've really looked too much at the story, but basically the story starts off and they're trying to do this like simple thief job. And then they get caught by kind of one of the main villains of the story who ends up being kind of like a passive villain. But anyway, he's got this like fire magic that he can do. And he like permanently like brands two of the members by like burning the backs of their neck. So they have this like loss of dignity. And then within the next four chapters, you have like two, like up until that point might as well have been the main character, the like leader, the elder of this group of thieves gets killed in a mission. And then the story shifts to his two eldest sons and how they deal with the loss. And then the story just progresses throughout. So in that way it is, it's very tied to the story that that theme of loss, but get more intricate once you try to say like the subtle dialogue lines where you see like maybe you shift how they start to talk once they start to experiencing it it's hard and i don't know i don't know if you agree with that in terms of how difficult it can be to do that no i totally agree well what do you think though steve so i was thinking about it a little bit and i think for me like a theme kind of takes the place of a the way i think about it a lot is like it's almost like a conversation a lot of my stories are Kind of contributing to like a general conversation that I think is like an interesting topic to kind of explore. And each individual story is like me proposing like a hypothetical scenario or answer to an overall conversation that I think is uh, not one there's like a general answer to, but something that's always interesting to kind of explore, like said topic. Like, for example, I think a lot of science fiction, if we're going through that genre, enters into the theme of like, what do we think humanity's future will look like or what do we think technology does to us as like people. And so if I write a story about like, for example, um, the sunken planet, the theme of that is humanity, humanity's ex- exploration into like immortality and like exploring to the stars. And like, I'm proposing, well, in this story, what if this is what's happening? And so the general theme is humanity kind of dealing with death, but also like dealing with like it's future as it expands more into like uh, a larger and more powerful force within the universe and kind of generally I think like for me themes are like what conversations I want to contribute to and each story is like what I want to add to that conversation that's a good way to think about it that was a good answer Steve that was a good answer. thank you right. a lot of your stories too like I mean the sunken planet which we read on here and then mm-hmm. others that you've been working on I think do kind of you you love the more like cosmic questioning and the yeah. idea of like life and death, I feel. Yeah, I think my specifically the genres that I enjoy like uh, exploring that that's kind of like the themes that a lot of them tend to uh, kind of dance around is like just questions about like larger like it's not necessarily this is what we think is going to be humanity's future, but it's more of like as humans, for example, move more into the future, we should consider like this is like a possibility, like a possible pitfall we could fall into, or what if we, what do we do if we encounter like this? So it's never like providing a concrete, like this is going to happen. We should be prepared for this, but it's more of like, as we, as people progress forward, we should be considering this or that. And so I think like, at least in like kind of the stuff that I enjoy, like there'll be themes of like examining, like if you're considering this, like what if this is a possibility? We'll never know. Like, so, you know, proposing hypotheticals and kind of exploring, like, those hypotheticals in depth, you know? And not necessarily just moving to the future. It's also as we, like, examine our past. We're like, well, what if we don't know what where we come from? So what if I propose, like, this is where we came from? So, like, stories that, like, I sometimes, like, origins of, like, either humans or the universe. And so kind of along those lines, like, the themes will be, like, origins. And so it's like, well, what if this is our origin? Or what if this is, like, the origin of, like, X, Y, or Z, you know? 
Absolutely. And that original question that Juliet asked, like that second part is like, how important is it to you? Yeah. Before we had started this episode, you said, you, you, you kind of said that a lot of your ideas that you think you're going to talk about in this episode is really not all that different from conflict, which, yeah. you know, there I had talked about conflict as basically being this baseline arrow propelling the mm -hmm. story. Do you think that in, I guess, Steve, for you specifically, do you think that's really kind of side by side, like a guiding arrow? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that's a very good point. I do think it ties back to what I was saying earlier, like where I think, at least for me, a lot of like the basis of my stories kind of come from just examining, like, if I'm thinking on a theme, I will conjure up like a story that kind of plays off of that theme. And so for me, a lot of my stories don't exist unless I'm like exploring a specific theme and then kind of creating a narrative that fits within that theme, like answers a hypothetical situation that I propose to myself. So a lot of my stories, like I've noticed they kind of fall into like certain themes and like there are deviations on that theme. So I think that for me, the theme is like paramount to everything else. The stories come from exploring the themes more than like just themes kind of emerging as like the story kind of gets fleshed out, which I think also is like a very interesting, I think like Julie, for you, for example, like your themes kind of a, like you have like a great idea for a story and the character actions that you notice, like that kind of develops your world. Correct me if I'm wrong, as like those interactions kind of like color your world, that kind of like creates your themes. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that it's really tied to the world. My themes are very world-based as well as character. So yeah, I would say that it probably starts with the world that I'm thinking of. And then the character that would fit into that world then kind of lends itself to the theme. So, yeah, I think I would agree. I probably think of the themes like later. Yeah. No, I think it's more like it's like a circle, basically. Like, where do you start on yeah. the circle? Where do you end? Like, you need all parts of the circle for it to be whole, you know? So, yeah, it seems like we're a little different because you, yeah, you're like starting with your theme, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Doing your mm -hmm. thing, whereas I feel like I'm more like ending up with the theme. Yeah, you have the story, and like as the story gets kind of colored by certain actions, and like yeah. characters are exploring like why certain things are happening, the themes start to emerge from that, you know. Yeah. What do you think? What about you, Kate? Would you feel like you're like starting with a theme, or you're like ending up with a theme later? Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking of it like Julia, you and I, we write more fiction adventure kind of story typically. Right. I I'm wondering if in those kind of stories, it's a lot easier because I think I do the same. I, I kind of fall into the theme, and. It's almost like maybe I'll kind of like once I've really started to develop a character and I've seen this character kind of exist in the world that I've created, then the theme kind of maybe starts to get like thought of. And I think of like, like I love the idea of a character representing something. And like, I mean, I know we got like a second question here and I feel like I might be kind of feeding into it a little bit, but I guess the, the, the ne next question that we're bringing up. So go ahead. What themes do you use recurrently? <laughs> what are the recurrent themes? Go ahead. Thank you. I felt weird asking it. But really just like the idea of, I build them as a character and I develop that character kind of separately. That becomes, that's its own character development kind of section. But then like once the story really starts to develop, I really love the idea that a character will represent a bigger kind of idea. I talked about it a little bit in past episodes, but I don't think I've really gone into it because it's really just kind of a, it's a thought more than an actual thing that I've produced. But I have this superhero story where Justice League, the boys, whatever. There's you. I think I have the same. It's seven kind of superhero characters that are the main center point of the story. In that story, themes is probably the only themes is one of the biggest driving forces in that story, on my at least outline that I have for it right now. So different from many of the other works that I've done. In that one specifically, I think each of the characters originated from a 
theme idea. So like just for example, some that I kind of am including there is like, it's a superhero story. So hero versus the villain. But in this case, it's not necessarily a conflict between two, but it's actually a conflict between like, maybe just a single being like them viewing themselves as the hero. So maybe it's even kind of like perception versus reality. Like this person viewing themselves as the hero, but in reality is their actions that they're taking are terrible. It's that kind of anti-hero kind of like- The ends justify the mean kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. And in this case, it's honestly just, it's almost like a power hunger kind of thing. Like another character is basically just representing that theme of like greed. And so I think those are in this story, without going into what all of them are there, I have these characters who are kind of parodies of a theme. And you see how it's a character who has superpowers. You're taken to that kind of like peak of that kind of civilization that is really able to kind of showcase some of the theme. And that I would say is almost like maybe a, in that story specifically a bigger driving force, but typically it's hard to do. Like I, I think the theme kind of develops later for me. Okay. Yeah. I think that's interesting how they say um, each person thinks they're the main character. So it seems like each superhero like thinks they're the main character and that's why they take whatever actions, but they're not really the main character and they're just messed. Probably falls into that, that classic like proverb of you judge everyone else by their actions, but yourself by your uh, intentions kind of thing. Right. Right. Beautiful. See, see, it's a thematic story. I should. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want to maybe save it maybe off the papyrus, but it does. There's parallels. I feel like to the, your story, the buzz. Yeah. Let's, let's think about it. Cause that one is the, I have characters who are again, driven by, whereas those ones, I, a lot of my ideas are actually kind of based, the superhero one are kind of based on the seven deadly sins in the buzz. A lot of the characters are based on the horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the idea I wanted to build and basically all of their actions to kind of focus on a idea. So the one was like pestilence and I basically have that being like drug abuse. So, I mean, you see the stages of this character being like kind of in recovery from when we first introduced them to, you know, that downward spiral of being exposed again to, to like, you know, a substance which he can abuse yeah and how that kind of starts to first affect him and then starts to like kind of fester out and affect others kind of propagates into the rest of the family right exactly exactly so i guess yeah i I guess as i've convinced myself here talking about this i think themes oftentimes are a bigger part of my story yeah it sounds like you're starting with the theme of like some sort of like aspect of like the biblical revelations and going from there you know <laughs> yeah very interesting i should like there you go <laughs> I should delve deeper into this i've never really opened it we've gotten here and like mythology i feel like you got a lot of mythology right with your D's and stuff so you got that going for you too yeah definitely i think in dnd i created like a pantheon that was partially greek mythology partial like mm-hmm. oh gosh i'm sorry is um you know, that's Hinduism. Hinduism has like, there's a lot of gods in Hinduism, but you're probably thinking of like Vishnu, Shiva. Do you know what the other one's called, Steve? It's Brahm. <laughs> For context, Brahm is my like leading character in my D&D campaign, which is like actually a god of like creation, birth. So yeah, yeah. I love me some themes, some thematic characters. More than you even knew. Yeah, <laughs> this is very enlightening. Thank you, everybody. Running together. <laughs> All right, you, do you got some Stevie? You wanted me to go next. 
Uh, I can go next. Yeah, so I think a lot of my themes are kind of tied together. I would say one of the ones I like exploring a lot is the, the place of death within, like, just the universe in general and, like, how final death really is. And so kind of exploring, like, where the boundary between life and death ends, what it means to kind of approach death, the importance of death within the universe. Is it something we necessarily should fear to the extent that we do? Or, you know, just kind of, like, things along just the death in general and, like, as humans, we're all very much like, to some extent, like aware of our mortality, and so it's a very, it's always a very interesting topic to kind of explore. Another one is um, just the exploration of like the unknown. Most of it kind of focused usually on humans exploring the universe and kind of confronting like what the broader universe, which is like pretty much all of existence, and what that kind of does to our own like perception of ourselves. But it does vary from just like the human centric aspect there's a story i'm working on currently i think i mentioned it before the trial of great collapsal that one is focused on a, like a collection of aliens that have made like this assemblage of like representative governments basically convening to discuss um a new form of like intelligence that's emerged within their domain and kind of exploring like what the implications are for them as like they learn about like this intelligence which is like a hive mind uh becoming more technologically advanced and whatnot and so it's a whole conversation of one form of intelligence kind of confronting another form of intelligence that's super antithetical to everything that they're used to. So I think like it's still, even though it's aliens, it still kind of harkens back to like human humans because they, the aliens that we're following do kind of in some manner follow a more conventional style of uh, conversing and intelligence that we could very much like identify with, whereas like, the high mind is completely alien to us. And the last one is kind of the blending of mythology versus reality. Um, and how in the past mythology was uh, kind of like used to explain every single force or like unknown phenomenon within the universe. As we kind of learn more and more through the sciences, it's kind of like they've split. And I do like the idea of exploring like what if those that split is kind of like re rebinded together. And so like, no, the universe is actually driven by forces that are of some way sentient or conscious of what they're doing to like the inhabitants of the universe. So. Yeah, those are like the themes that I like exploring a lot. But obviously, like, as with all, it's not like something hard and like set that I always explore. So every time you talk about your stories, I just think of Star Trek and I'm like, Steve Scott will be a writer for Star Trek. Like, oh my like, gosh. Like, like the high vibes, it just reminds me of like, you, you watch Star Trek, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, like mm -hmm. the Borg and like. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Like, there are like, like, that is like always like something that's kind of like terrifying is, uh, you write something, you're like, has this been done before? Because like, science fiction is such a vast, like, field of, like, literature and, like, just movies and everything like that. Yeah. So you're always like, I'm sure, like, I'll write a story. People are like, oh, it actually reminded me of this or that. And, like, to me, that's, like, heartbreaking to hear someone say, like, this reminds me of this. I'm like, oh, then it's not original, you know? No, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, it's, like, in the same vein. I'm not saying what you said is like, I'm saying like if someone had read a story, they're like, oh, this is just like this episode. Like when you say like you're comparing it to the Borg, my story is like very different from the concept of the Borg. Right, I'm sure. So I'm not like, oh, you know, no, I'm the one who came up with the idea of a hive mind. I'm more like if someone read, they're like, this is just like this story. That would be like, ah, shit, nah. you know, that's what I'm terrified of. No, no, no. I, I very much appreciate the comparison. Thank you. Yeah. So, so a thought I was just having as you were ex explaining, uh, this is a new one. I have not heard this idea of this story concept. And did you at one point talk about making like, basically like a full book of a collection of short stories? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to do this. Totally. Man. Well, so like what I'm working, like, so 
I, I kind of mentioned it. I think I mentioned it. This year, I'm planning on writing at least three short stories. Um, the one I mentioned is like the first one of the year that I have to kind of get squared away. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. You did, yeah. Yeah. That story specifically, I think, was the first time, though. I think I've mentioned that story on the podcast before. You've mentioned, like, the title of it, but I don't think I ever heard the the concept. Oh, okay. I should work on it more. I have, like, for a long time, like, the intro was, like, I had a giant hang-up because I could not get into a perspective that was alien enough that it didn't just seem like a human with, like, a extra arms or whatever, but was still, like, familiar enough that it was easy enough for people to kind of get into the mindset of it. But I've eventually settled on like a good intro to it. And now I just got to get into the actual trial. That one will be a very good one. I don't want to get too much into it because I am planning on finishing that within, as I said, by the end of March, it'd be done. We're already eight days from March. So I, the, you know, the timeline is uh, fast approaching. So kind of kind of dated when this episode was recorded. <laughs> now, that, keep an eye out for the trial of uh, Grey Collapse. So that'll be a good one. Certainly. All right. And so- Julie. Julie. Yeah, I feel like one theme that I have a lot is the use of big organizations that, you know, the characters are kind of a part of and kind of showing them both in like good and bad lights. So like in so the book that I wrote, I don't know if you guys I changed the title. So it was called Ice Queen. Now it's called An Element of Darkness. So anyway, I'm going to refer to it as An Element of Darkness. That's the one that I wrote. Makes sense. Yeah, that title slaps. Thanks. Yeah, I, I was like so proud of myself when I came up with it. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, it's way better than Ice Queen. I, I well, will. Uh, Ice Queen's already a thing. I didn't really intend for that to be I the like, actual that. title. <laughs> that was a working title. I'm very familiar with that. Yeah. So anyway, so in an element of darkness, you kind of have all the guilds. So like you kind of see them. Some people view guilds as like bad or like don't get involved with them. Whereas other people are like, oh, no, like the main character is like a part of the guild. And she like that's how she's like gotten her livelihood. And like that's how she like, you know, is able to do all the things she can do. So you see that. But then you see, you know, later in the guild, the guild makes some not great decisions. So you kind of see like how big organizations can kind of like go both ways, depending on like the situation. And then obviously in um, the faction story, the factions are always terrible. So that's more painting them in a negative light. Um, but yeah, so I think that's definitely a theme. I always have some kind of organization going on. So the next one, so I have, um, I like to explore morals and like what makes somebody like a human kind of, you know, in factions we have, you know, obviously she's in a terrible situation and she's kind of wrestling with like all the violence and like, she's kind of like trying to hold on to the last shreds of her humanity while she's like, people are dying all around her kind of thing. And in an element of darkness, you also see that where there's the main character is kind of considered like, good, like she helps everybody. And like, she's kind of, you know, what you would stereotypically think of as like a good moral person. And then you have, um, obviously, there's also a good versus evil here too. So like, the assassin guild and like, the assassins are considered like morally bad people so you kind of have that going on but then you also have some characters that are kind of in the middle where like maybe they have you know a rough past but now they're trying to not be like that anymore so i feel like i kind of like to explore like just like the morals of different people yeah it sounds like a lot of it's like the resiliency of like one's like moral character right right exactly yeah i like to talk about that a lot yeah and then the last thing is I feel like I talk about teamwork and like having characters work together whether it's them learning to or always being like that so like in the faction story you know you kind of have Autrana not really like that and she's like I don't need anybody 
And then later in the story, it you're, she's kind of learning like, oh, it's actually the world is better if I can like work with other people and we can actually make things happen. And then same with an element of darkness, you kind of, she is kind of used to working with people because she's in the guild, but you kind of also see her like taking on the burden of like protecting others, like on her own. Whereas later she kind of gets more people on her side and she's like, oh, so I think teamwork is kind of like a theme through some of my stories as well. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of the common ones that I use a lot. Uh, what I like a lot about it is like, I, and it kind of makes sense for like what I know about all of your stories is that they seem very like just the themes that you see in a lot of adventure kind of stories. Like you, you yeah. have this like good versus evil and but yeah, just the idea, the concept of teamwork. You can't really overcome it by yourself. Yeah, I guess that just makes a lot of sense. Super unoriginal is what I just heard you say. <laughs> it's not necessarily about like what you're sorry with. It's more like how you add your own like your yeah. own voice to those and everything, you know? So it'll be, like I've started reading like um, an element of darkness. It'll be very interesting to see what's the main character's name in it. Casey. It'll be very interesting to see how she fits within a team because she starts off like very capable on her own. Like she's taking out like like multiple assailants at once, like but very like strategically minded. So like kind of like seeing how she is able to kind of like at the same time like kind of like I guess like give up a little of her own agency within a situation by like, trusting other people in this like in certain scenarios. It'll be very cool to see like how that like emerges. And I do not want it to sit as like. I'm saying unoriginal. Like I think it's tried and tried and true. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I there's a reason you see them reoccurring so much because there's so much to discuss with it. Like mm -hmm. I know. I was just joking. We can move on to the third question then. I feel like we kind of talked about this already. The third question is: How are you coming up with themes, or how much planning goes into it? So we kind of talked about this earlier. I know Steve. We had said you kind of start with your theme. Of yeah. Mm -hmm. But I guess like. How do you like go about expanding upon like when you're like, I want to explore this, I guess. How do you? Yeah. So actually, this is very interesting because like recently with both the sunken plan and the story that I'm working on, I have obviously I have like a starting point. But as I write the story, the story kind of becomes like its own individual entity. And so it kind of gets like in some instances removed from like the theme. I think that's like actually like a weakness that I've noticed. And so. If um, you guys both remember kind of the ending, for example, of The Sunken Planet, where it ends in like a, I, it ended, I want to know, it's been changed, in a long kind of like monologue that just like, I, just basically like, oh, this is like the specifics of like the universe or whatever. It becomes kind of too granular. It became too granular for like what I was ex like, wanted it to be. When I reworked it, I kind of thought for a bit and I was like, what was I trying to say with this story? And I was like, the point of the story is to say, you know, in this world, humanity has become like terrifying to the subsect of humanity that is like so far removed from us that we don't recognize it anymore. It's like, and so I brought it, shortened it down, kind of like brought it back to the very beginning of the story of like the quote from like Dr. Curious Maxwell. And so I think that kind of like drove home the point of like, for these people, the universe is filled with like this unknown threat that is one day going to bear down upon us. And so we cower in fear from the darkness or whatever. It was very succinct, kind of brought back home all the elements that I was exploring in the story. Recently, I'm trying to do a thing where, like, as I examine a story, I say, does this kind of harken back to, like, what I wanted to convey to the readers? Well, the one story that I'm working on now, The Trial of Great Collapsal, doing, I had a very similar re revelation even before I got to the ending. Because I was kind of, like, originally just going to have the story end where they were, I don't want to get too much into it. 
maybe maybe I can talk about it. But the the and when I actually finally pub, like get the story out there, it'll be like a we'll have like a preconceived notion of what it's supposed to be already, which might be good. Basically, the point of the story is on this one planet, there's like this like singular hive mind that's consistent of all like the living organisms on this planet. But up until recently, it's been confined to this one planet because it can't communicate effectively between its different parts outside of through the vacuum of space. Recently, they've obtained the ability to like turn their entire biomass into like a mechanical biomass. So they can now communicate through like satellites or like whatever have you. And so at first it was just going to be like, should we allow this to happen or not? But then I wanted the theme to kind of come back to like, no, it doesn't matter if this does happen or not. Because the fact that we by chance happened upon this like um, high mind planet that we had no signs of before kind of indicates to us that throughout the universe, this is not like an uncommon occurrence. So it doesn't matter what we decide to do here. Out there in the unknown, this could be happening a million times over. And if that's the case, we're already kind of doomed. You know what I mean? So it was a, uh, I thought about like what I wanted to do with the story. And so I kind of like, upon that, reworked certain elements of the story to kind of harken back to like what the themes I want to explore were. Okay. I think that's a good way to do it. Kind of ties up all the loose ends and. Yeah, exactly. You know, make sure. Gives the story a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you got, Kate? Do you want to go next? Do you want me to go? I can go. I don't really, I think I really have talked a lot about this answer and it mostly just depends on the work. Like, like I said, if there's some that I think the the themes, which are kind of creating the characters, um, which I discovered, if that's the case, then yes, obviously that's coming first. And I want to kind of fully think of not necessarily how do I fully want to describe this theme throughout the entire story, but more like what does this theme and what does this idea kind of mean to me? So I kind of like, solidify that and that's just kind of you know my own personal beliefs half of the time or like thoughts on a on a subject and as i'm writing it's kind of like a like a double check almost i'll be going and then i'll put it down on paper and then in the editing process kind of see like that's something i'm thinking about is this something that i think i was able i successfully conveyed is it staying true to the theme because i think consistency is another thing that i can struggle with honestly something things can change chapter to chapter and then in that editing process going to talk about how can i how is the theme staying consistent throughout and other pieces the game which you know my titles are all terrible julie your title is very good (laughs) thank you Um, (laughs) thank you so yeah the game working title is different that that one is not you could say is that theme that's discussed early on and that kind of is probably something I do look at in the editing process but beyond that I'd say like another theme that that story talks about specifically is um really just the importance of family and relationships and that I think does it develops more it, it's not something that I think is the the driving force of the story by any means in my mind but I guess almost ultimately it does end up being a really big element to it so it's when I work on it I think it's really more after it's it, it's more of the editing process and it's more of a fine tuning yeah i think you and i are kind of similar to that we're like oh i kind of lost it let me go make sure it's like reinforced throughout the story yeah it's a good concept to kind of bring you back on track i guess yeah i think consistency is definitely hard like i'll definitely struggle with that like i'll write something in there and then later be like that that does not make sense <laughs> for the character and what the theme was and so yeah i definitely agree with that i think the editing definitely kind of pulls everything together. I think that actually, like, thinking about it, I think that might be good, though. I know, at least for me, I have an issue of just, like, getting this stuff down there. Maybe it's a good idea to just, like, write down, like, what happens, and then, like, you can be like, okay, is this consistent for what I wanted to say? And, like, with 
the template there, like with the base there, you can now modify it to kind of match closer to what you want. Where, like, for example, like the ending that I thought of for the second planet, that didn't come to me until like recently. And I was like, why don't I like this ending? Why doesn't it work for me? And so upon examining like what that does for the story and like what I wanted to do with the story, I'm like, okay, I want to change this. Whereas like before I was trying to manifest something without even kind of knowing exactly what I wanted it to be. So. Yeah, I think that's good. I like read a, a quote recently on like a, a writing Instagram page or whatever. That yeah. was like, that was like, it's okay to write garbage as long as you can edit it beautifully. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think that's that nice. that definitely should have saved that quote for next episode. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I think that that's definitely true what you're saying. I remember like when I was researching, like, you know, writing and how to get something published. Like all of the things that I read was like, yeah, the hardest part is to actually finish a book. Like so many people are like, you know, just you just have to actually write it. Yeah. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. It's going to get edited later and it's going to. But you got to just get the words down. So I definitely. Yeah. I think you're very good at that part, too. You know, like in like in mass, you can like produce just like volumes and volumes of work, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I just like get into a groove and then I just end up writing like pages and I'm like, well, I, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> never, never been there. That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> Not no. relatable. So, yeah, I'll just quick go over what I had for this question. So, yeah, one thing I wanted to point out, because we talked about this earlier, that how the themes kind of come up later for me. I'm not like picturing them at the beginning. I've been reworking the faction story. I think for that one, I'm trying to plan more. And I kind of have it broken up into like three parts almost. So there's kind of like the beginning has like one theme and then I have a middle theme and then I have an end theme. So it's kind of like in the beginning, you see her like in her faction, like kind of like unhappy, like doesn't trust anybody, like, you know, all that. And then you kind of see her get out of that and go into this other organization. She's more like discovering that things can be different and it doesn't have to be like so oppressive, like in the factions. So that's kind of like, her changing is kind of like the theme there. And then you have the third part where it kind of like all clash, like a clashing of worlds. So you kind of see her now different going back and seeing like interacting with the characters that are still the same as they were in the first part. So it's kind of like, there's like three themes going on, which I kind of planned that one out more. So we'll see how it turns out. The first actually planned theme. Join the dark side, you know, you're going to start outlining it. <laughs> yeah, the outlining definitely helps. I'm glad I'm having my influence on you guys. Biggest takeaway from the Right Around podcast is going to be outline your fucking story and you're going to go far. <laughs> right, right. Or at least you can say I have outlines. You can be like me. You won't go far, but you'll have your outlines. <laughs> Someone else will write this. <laughs> right. If anybody asks about your idea, you can tell them about it. Yeah, exactly. 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 Reminds me of that, that Kanye skit where he's talking about like, I got my diplomas to keep me warm. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's like college dropout or some shit. Yeah, I think I, yeah. You got my outlines to keep me warm. Right. Are we in, are we in our favorite part, everybody? Yes. Off the papyrus. The, off the papyrus. Sounding like off the papyrus. Perfect. Who's got the first question? I, I got, I got a few. I got, I got some written down. But you go for, I only have one, so. Okay. Um, who wants it for? I got some for each of you. Let me. I'll take one. All right, Steve. All right, Steve. I ultimately have two for you, but my first one is, um, well, you talked about a lot about how a, a major theme that you talk about is life and death mm -hmm. in your stories. So my, my question is, um, are your like personal thoughts of death similar to what you write? Or do you feel like you have so many stories, which are 
kind of asking questions about like, like it's kind of a, a discovery about death because of your own kind of questions about such an unknown so i personally think like i'm immortal i'm not gonna die and, <laughs> yeah exactly no like legitimately it's like a it's a very fascinating you know for me it's like a very fascinating thing to think about i think just generally like i am not someone who like thinks if there's an afterlife i don't know if there is one or not but i'm not like opposed to the idea that like there is an afterlife but i also don't think we necessarily know what that is and so i think it's like a giant unknown that's like it's a black box there's no way of knowing as far as we know like what's on the other side basically and so it's very fascinating to think like that most of our existence is going to be you know either before we were we were born or after we've died and yet we only are conscious of like a very small segment of like existence and so and stuff like that i do think about a lot it's not like i'm necessarily like trying to like ponder like what because i think i my, as I've gotten older, I've kind of settled on the idea that like humans like really don't know what the purpose of the universe is or like why we're here because we have such a small like frame of reference is almost impossible for us to know. And so the idea of like obsessing about what is true is almost like like a meaningless meaningless task because like there's no way we'll ever, we'll ever learn that. You know, I think it's fun to think about. I'm not someone who's like religion is like false or if you believe in something you're wrong. I think like. People having a strong conviction as to what they think is true is very cool in me because, like, in a universe where every, like there's a million possibilities, the one possibility that kind of tugs on you and like actually like has an appeal to you, there's got to be something to that. And so I think it's always fun exploring, like, well, what if this is true? And does it like tug at me a little bit? Does it have like like nag at the back of my head, like, oh, maybe that's true or not? You know, I recently like read like a short comic someone posted online. I should shout out the. It's an Instagram page. I think it's called Bad Space Comic. They do like these like 10 page panels of like, honestly, like it's a lot of the stuff they write. I'm like, this seems like a short story I would write in comic form, but like really well done. They one they did one recently where it was a person who was like, oh, for some reason, like uh, things are just not lining up properly. Yesterday, my name was Alex. Now, now today, my name is Tyler. Like everything's like getting like really like out of focus and whatnot. I feel like things are falling apart, like just physically. And so they come across this theory that's like an actual like scientific theory called like the Boltzmann brain, which states that like, like just science, like mathematically speaking, it's more likely that a human mind would spontaneously form in the void and then create a reality as opposed to the universe actually forming wholesale because the human mind is very small compared to a universe. And so the revelation is like, oh, it was just a brain that formed the idea of the universe just to prevent itself from going insane within the few moments that it survives within the universe, well, that it persists within existence. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Stuff like that always just kind of like, I don't know, think that's true. I don't know if that's true or not, but like, yeah. I'm also like, that's not true. I just think it's like, like oh, it's, you know, I don't know. That's a cool idea, you know, so. I think it's really interesting. And I actually just kind of want to elaborate on that a little bit, but I'm having a kid very soon. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Michelle, my, my fiance and I are kind of talking a lot about like, you know, what kind of parents are we going to be? And we, yeah. we are mm -hmm. now kind of being put in this position where we're able to put our ideas and kind of the, the impressions that they're going to make on a, a newly mm -hmm. forming human. Kind of hearing you talk about this, and I, I guess like we have talked in the past about it. And I guess I'm in a very similar boat kind of to you. I think I think about the idea of like an afterlife differently. And this is super off topic, but I, I think, you know, welcome to... Uh, off the papyrus. Off the papyrus, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, very fast. I, I, I think very similarly that 
I am. I'm fascinated by people who do have such a strong conviction to an idea. And I, I don't think anything's wrong and I don't really think anything's right. It's, it's, there's no way of proving it, but I think the ideas of it are fascinating. So what I was yeah. discussing is like Michelle and I, like a point that I brought up with her is like, I really want to be able to teach Audrey these ideas of how to really think and how to yeah. expand your mind and be open to the different kind of things that are out there. Because, you know, at, at this point in my life, I do, I think I have some, some more convictions to something that I think are, you know, whatever. I don't really want to go into it right now. I don't think it's necessary, but. Yeah. For me, I've always said like, all other things being true, like all other things being just as likely, something calling out to you in the unknown saying, believe this, you know, there's got to be something to that, you know, it's fascinating. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think that's just a, a cool idea to kind of discuss that. It's the biggest thing is you're just going to be open and understanding of anything like that. And then. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah. That's just what it made me think of. Does anybody else have an off the papyrus they want to go into? Or you want to hear another? Or I don't have any, so I'll leave it to you guys. I just have one, so I can just do it real quick if you want. Yeah. So I just had, um, I don't know if you guys, kind of a quick on the spot, think of an answer. <laughs> oh, um, so do it. you feel like there's any maybe like underrepresented themes in like a story that you've come across that you like really enjoyed that you like wish there was like more of out there in the world? You know what I mean? Or just anything that maybe you've read that you like really enjoyed that you were like, this would be cool. I wish there was more of this kind of. I, I do have an answer, and I, I don't know if I necessarily would say that it's underrepresented because I I don't think that's true. But I think it's the theme that I like love to see in stories, and they're stories that really really captivate me. Are not really stories that I write at all. Um, would be kind of th- topics of mental illness. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things that that discuss it, and that's awesome. I think there should be as many and more as long as they're being done well. Like one of my favorite shows of all time is like BoJack Horseman, which is. You know, the, the characters yeah. might, might as well be characterizations of certain types of mental illnesses. And like, I think that is just really a topic that could continue to to kind of make stories and, and kind of show up in media and literature, just because I think it's such an important topic to discuss. And I think it's it's more I think it's more kind of front facing media in today's time, whereas, you know, go back. 60 years ago it wasn't yeah no i definitely agree with that that's a good point healthy representation of mental health is absolutely a, absolutely yeah because like there are a lot of like they're like oh like this guy why do you do that because he was crazy and like okay that explains everything you know like removes autonomy from like yeah no like i do agree kind of the expression of like the struggle overall of like what like it means like live life as like a full-formed human but also having to deal with like certain issues that come from having like certain mental health issues yeah for me, I don't know. I don't know if this is necessarily common to representative, but I do like stories that kind of like take the preconceived notion that humans have that like we're like the epitome of like like life and either like in the universe or at least on the planet kind of like say like, no, the only reason we think that is because we're humans and so we have a very biased like viewpoint. Um, there's this one story that I listened to um, last year. I'm listening to the sequel now called Blindsight where um, humans encounter like the alien species and for they like they're very confused because when they first encounter the aliens that they uh, have been like kind of tracking down 
they see like they're kind of like starfishes basically there's like all nervous system but no brain and they're like oh clearly these must be like the drones but like where's the actual like aliens like the hyper intelligence that must be controlling these and it's kind of revealed like no the way humans are like super conscious about themselves like is very like energy inefficient and so most like throughout the universe what the prevailing form of like advanced species are like not like thinking they're more just like acting machines basically like a lot of like species on earth are um and so it's kind of like knocking the idea of like oh we are the pinnacle and like so if we encounter other things they're obviously going to mimic us in some regards because like why wouldn't you want to be like humans and so anything that kind of says like no what we are is like just what we are we have like one frame of reference but like don't assume like this is like the best that there is to be even on this planet if you're using like whatever metric you're using is kind of can determine like what is like determined to be successful like we think we're successful because we've uh modified like the planet in our own image in certain extents but at the same time like like bacterium there's like a billion to one of them on the planet so they've like out like populated us like our very lives are kind of like controlled by like the microbial world or whatever and stuff like that so i think it's always kind of fascinating to like take a story that says your preconceived notion that humans are like the best kind of get rid of that kind of examine from a different lens is always fascinating to me yeah, how about you, Julie? I don't know if I have anything specific, but I just like to read about or hear about things that are like a different perspective than mine. So like whether it's like just like, you know what I mean? Like other people's situations, yeah. and like mm-hmm. the way other people think. Like I just think that's interesting to like hear about, whether it's like somebody that's like in a different religion or somebody who's like in a different country or like, you know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. anything where it's like something that I've never experienced or like never thought about. I just think it's interesting to hear like, Especially if it can be very immersive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, yeah, which, I mean, that's pretty general. But, yeah, anything, it's different. No, I think, like, that's, like, one of the values of, like, reading is, like, you get to get transported to, like, a different world, a different perspective. So, yeah, like, that, like you're using it for, like, it's, like, one of its, like, most valuable reasons, like, valuable things that it can provide for us. Yeah. Steve, that, that statement there actually just brings me into my uh, my next off the papyrus. Oh, well, then go ahead. You, you said that in your, your newest short story that you're going to be trying to, to complete, you had a hard time getting started because of getting into this alien perspective. Mm-hmm. How did you get into that mindset? This is cool because I uh, this isn't going to make it into the story at all, but it very much helped me kind of like very much envision what this like. this. So just as a starting point, there were were in the assemblage and so it's like a representative government of all these different alien species and so they have like a few representatives that kind of like bring up different issues that need to be discussed we're going to be following one character of like a certain species and i couldn't kind of quite get the characterization of like this character um down and so i was just kind of thinking of like what i wanted their name to be i had like a rough idea of what their name would be but i was like how do you kind of determine a proper naming convention and so in my mind suddenly i was like what if their name was something like, you know, like involving numbers to kind of like indicate like we very rarely do see like numbers and like human names or whatever. So the name Fifth of Itani popped in my head. And so from there, I kind of like devised like a way like their names are kind of the names are created within like this alien society. And so I had in my mind, instead of being there's like a man and a woman. It's just basically there's like a coupling that happens. And so when a coupling happens, they take parts of like their parentage's name and they combine them into a new name. And then the children that come after that are considered like first of blank, second of blank, third of blank until they make a coupling and then they make their own new name. And so they became right half of blank, 
left half of blank, yeah. and then their yeah. children are from there. And so, okay, if that's the case, like, what would that kind of like? So I'm now I'm like imagining, okay, and like, so what's the term is like if someone's like a right half or a left half, basically, and like, what values are there being a fifth of versus a right half, like a right half of, you know? And so from there, I was able to kind of like characterize like what this alien society would be like. And so it's like, okay, they're very judgmental and like they're waiting to find the right person to like create a new name of. And so they're not really fully their own individual person until they've gotten to a certain point in their life. And so they're always trying to prove themselves, but they're also very rational and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, from there, I was like, this is cool. I can kind of like build upon like this type of like, like perspective basically. So yeah, like I wrote like a whole like in my book as I before I got to like the actual story. There's like a chart I have that kind of like explains like the character's name is like Fifth of Itani. So I was like, okay, so if Fifth of Itani meets someone like named like Second of, I have to go find my booklet on it. But it's like there's like a whole flow chart. I was like, okay, so right half provides like the letter that's on the right side. Well, left half provides the letter that's on the left side of like the apostrophe. Right half takes letters from their parents' name, rearranges them, and so they provide the stuff that's on like the uh, right half of that name. So it would be like, left half provides like E, parentheses, right half provides the rest of it, and then their children are named yada, 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 so. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I think it's cool how you can take something so small, like the name, and just like expand it into like this entire. Yeah, and I'm like, that's definitely not going into the story, because it's like, there's no point into that. There's like hints of it. Cause like they'll be like, oh, this one representative is named like left half of, and so like part of a coupling obviously is going to be like someone to kind of impress they're a more mature member of like society. So, well, now it's here for people to. Yeah, exactly. I, I did a poor job explaining it. So my last directed question for Julie here is when you were talking about the recurrent themes that you like to use, you said that um, a big one is actually just like a theme of organizations, which which isn't really a theme so much. So I'm wondering, like, you know, I, I think it's just missing a step. So, like, is it, I guess, what is that theme? Is it, like, that organizations are maybe, like, almost, like, inherently bad? Or are they, like, good? Or are they necessary? Are they... That's a good question. I think that, I don't know, I guess it's different for each story. So I think, like, it's not really, like, inherently always good or bad. But I guess, like, in the faction story, they are depicted as they are bad, like always bad. But I guess that's not true because she leaves the factions and she goes to like this organization that's like against the faction. So like that faction would be considered good if you're saying that the factions are bad. So I don't know. I guess I don't really say that they're always good or always bad either way. I guess I'm I guess I'm just talking about like maybe maybe that maybe what you said with them being necessary in the world, maybe that's a good way to describe it because they're necessary but they could go either way. So it kind of depends on like what the situation is. I never thought about that. That's a good, that's a good question. One thing I've noticed really of some of the way you describe your stories is it sounds like it's like the idea of like what impact can an individual have on a larger, like almost immovable, like organized structure that's almost like faceless to, to a point, you know? So it's like, is individual action like a strong enough force to kind of like manipulate the tides of an organization or it seems like a lot of the times like it requires more than just like an individual actor like in order to change like the events that are happening due to like large bodies you need like a strong like collective of people who are like equally willing willing new actions to kind of take place so so maybe the maybe your theme is self versus the whole yeah i think that's yeah, yeah. that's a very good way of putting it go. i think yeah yeah i think that's all very that's accurate 
See, you guys know my themes better than I know my themes. Your themes are strong, Jewel. You got to give yourself more credit. Yeah. Steve, I definitely agree with what you said. I think that's that's a good Yeah, one. yeah. I feel like Julia and I have learned today. Yes. I, <laughs> I feel like I've learned today about my own writing. <laughs> but my last one is a little generic. What would you guys say to uh, listeners, basically, who are kind of maybe have ideas of themes in their story that because it's such a generic thing it's such an ab like it it is abstract like that's what themes are is it's an abstract concept that has details that are falling into it i think like because we all have different ways of kind of exploring our themes so we can kind of say like just it's kind of what we've talked about before is like what we do but like just kind of like kind of solidifying like what our processes are for incorporating our themes for me for example it's like contemplate like what questions you're trying to ask of your theme and kind of like propose different scenarios for it and like if something kind of catches your eye dive into that a little bit deeper that's what i do a lot I'm like, i'll just think about like a general topic that like, is very fascinating to me it's a topic where it's like there's no definitive answer so like the world's your oyster like just kind of like throw things and see what sticks with like is appealing to you. like if something like a nugget kind of forms and you can't get rid of it like maybe that's something there that needs to be explored more yeah i also think that um like if there's a theme that you know that you want to include in a story I would maybe think to yourself, like, after you've written a certain part or whatever, just, like, ask yourself, if somebody asked me where this theme is in the story, like, could I point to a specific thing? Or if you really can't, like, you know, not like, you know, like a specific dialogue or, like, something in your story that you could say, like, oh, a reader could pick up on this, like, specific thing. And I think that shows that a reader can understand it. Because one thing I learned, this is a little unrelated, but one thing I learned from having um, when my stepmom read my entire um, An Element of Darkness a couple times for me and I think that like one thing that I really learned from having like an outside person read the entire story is that like there's definitely a lot of things where like you might think, oh, this is understandable. This makes sense. And then somebody else reads it and goes, well, I didn't understand. Like, it's not clear enough. Like, what is these two characters relationship? Like, what are these two? Like, you know, like I think she just like pointed out things that maybe like I thought were obvious, but she was like this. I'm not following how this is connected to this. So I think that I would just like really like look at a story or if you're trying to figure out what your theme is and just think like what specific things because otherwise it, it's not going to be clear unless you kind of have more specific things it might not be something that a reader would even pick up on so i would just kind of think about it from like that perspective or have somebody else read it as well yeah. um but things need to be more obvious than maybe like you want them to be unless you're okay with the reader maybe not picking up on that thing I think like I'd probably agree a lot with what you're saying right there, Julian. You almost have to decide ahead of time how important is it to your story. Um, all of us here are fiction writers, and like you know, the, so the stories we're saying are not necessarily they're, they're more abstract a lot of the times. But themes, no matter what, are always this thing that is honestly it's it's a real concept that can be looked at. So I think you just gotta like you know think of the theme that you that is important to you. And a lot of times it can be something that like creative writing is really a way where you can build your kind of own thoughts and everything like that. Like Steve, so much of your stories are, you know, things that you find the most fascinating to think about in real life. And you're creating stories that kind of convey that. So I think, you know, it, it's that consistency element to it, which if there's a theme that you want to discuss and you do think it's really really central to your story if it is that kind of guiding force for it um just make sure you're going and you, and you are you're editing and you're as you're going through sticking with that consistent theme throughout and it's that message doesn't really alter too much it's it's the message that you want to tell about it all right well 
What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to be talking about editing, everyone's favorite part of uh, writing. Once the words have hit the paper, it's time to uh, kind of finalize your thoughts, make sure it's legible for the world at, abroad. You know, kind of get all those type er- typing errors out of there. It'll be very, a very raw episode. I know I hate editing. <laughs> we all hate editing. So it'll be fun to kind of confront our demons. I love about editing. editing. We, we love talk. editing. <laughs> all normal people hate editing. Come in next week and when we explore that process and like our journeys editing the stories that once we thought we were done and kind of finalizing to a more final point. So tune in next week. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye.